Are you not having the success you want with your direct bookings? Perhaps you are tired of feeling like you are out of your depth and wish there was an easier way. Well, I've got an exclusive free training coming up that just might help. Join me on April 4th when I will share the top three mistakes that I consistently see vacation and short-term rental property managers make in their desire for direct bookings that could be costing you major profits. I will also be sharing my top tips in building your own direct booking sales engine that will bring in those direct bookings while you sleep. Come and join in the fun. Head to my website, directbookingsuccess.com, and click on the free training button to join me on April 4th, because you deserve your own direct booking success. You are listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you all the information you need for your short-term rental to stand out from the crowd. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the hospitality industry. I'm here to help, so you too can have direct booking success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. I'm Jen Boyles, your host, And today I have Lorraine Woodward with me. Now, Lorraine is the creative energy officer and founder of Becoming Rentable. Welcome, Lorraine. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Please, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Oh, my goodness. I am a a woman that is 61 years old. I love Snoopy. I'm a huge Duke Blue Devils fan. I really like sweets and carbs a lot, and (laughs) I am the proud mother of two amazing boys, a great husband, and two coon cats. Coon cats. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, and by the way, I happen to have a disability. I I have muscular dystrophy, and um, advocacy has been a way of life for me my whole career. Well, this conversation is a long time coming. I know we've both been circling each other, and I keep seeing your your content on social media and LinkedIn and thinking, oh, I really need to talk to her. And finally, we've we've connected because I don't know anybody else in hospitality that is doing what you're doing. And we've spoken before and it's just so important. So I'm, I'm just so excited about this episode today. Thank you. I'm, ha- I'm really happy to be here. This is how we create change. And this yeah. is what it's all about. That's exactly it. Okay. So Let's start with becoming rentable. What exactly is it? And then I want to go into how it came about. Can you talk about the platform? Sure. We are a listing platform, kind of a single source reference to all things in the short-term rental industry focused on accessibility. Now, historically, we know that accessibility in the short-term rental industry has been about wheelchair access. And I get it. I'm in a wheelchair. I'm all about that access. But you know what? I want to bring my friends and family members, you know, and colleagues on, you know, travel experiences and vacations and work. And, And so we identify on our platform, accessible short-term rental properties. Right now in the area of mobility, we provide education. What the heck does a zero threshold entry mean? You know, what does an accessible short-term rental look like? 
So we, we really are looking to expand what it means to have an accessible short-term rental in this industry. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, it's, I've, I've not come across this. So you have to be the only ones doing it, which is actually quite amazing when you think about it. And I know you've got the stats at your fingertips. I, but, I do. I mean, it is crazy. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, we're going into 2024. I started my advocacy work, I hate to say it, about 50 some odd years ago. Mm. I was those kids having muscular dystrophy that did the backyard carnivals to raise money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And then in, in middle school, I was advocating for myself. And then in high school and then in college, before, yes, I, I know, I, I got accepted to a fabulous college in Arkansas, Hendricks College. It's a liberal arts school. And um, so I, once I got accepted, I heard that they had a board meeting. So I couldn't get into the president's hall where the meeting was held. So I was in a wheelchair and sat out at the steps and welcomed every board member to their meeting to say, I would love to be a part of that meeting. And and tell you how excited I am about this school, but I can't get into the building to tell you about that. So as you're in the meeting, I hope you'll think a lot about me sitting outside and how I can join you. And so I, I know, and I have Wow. And how old were you? Were you not 19? At that time, I was 18. 18. That's given me goosebumps. That has actually given me goosebumps. And so I, you know, I, I'm not afraid of, you know, going, hello, I'm not afraid of slapping people around. Not really, really like that. But I, I, I'm trying to think of the word that somebody called me, not an instigator, but something else. But anyway, I, I, I'm like, this is what we have to do. Mm. If you don't have a disability, if you don't have a friend or a family member, you don't understand. Yeah, and no. again, this is a great school. It's predominantly for law and medicine. It's just a great school, but they didn't think about accessibility. And they, they have since are more accessible. They still have a ways to go, as we all do. But as we look at such an important part of our, our lives in travel and vacations and now work, that you can work from home, you know, in a way I'm appalled, but I'm really excited for our company that globally we're the only ones doing this. And I know it's hopefully a matter of time that we'll see more and more. And we are seeing more and more accessibility. It's just not the broadness that I can want to see. Okay. Well, let's go into, you know, the background and how this came to be. You've been, you've been a, an, an advocate for your whole life, you know, Mm -hmm. and it sounds like you're, you've been opening people's eyes, you know, (laughs) and I think I can see you sitting outside of that board meeting and they're sitting there going, yeah, that's something we haven't thought about. And it's not like they're bad people. They just haven't thought about it yet. Right. And they needed you to come along and say, hey, <laughs> right, right. Think about this, please. You yes. know, I cannot physically get in the door, you know, and we all need a seat at the table. Yes, we do. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, it, it's interesting that you say that because um, I was listening to a pod, another podcast with the head of Acasa. And he was talking about how important short-term rentals are, particularly at the dining room table and how these conversations take place and how so many memories 
are made at that dining room table in the kitchen, in the living room. And it's like, you know, we want to seat at that table. We want to go into your short-term rental and eat that yummy pizza or, you know, that Chinese food or, you know, somebody that has made an incredible uh, empanada. And, um, but can we get there? And, uh, and that's the challenge um, that we have is how do we become a natural part of this process so that we can have a seat at the table? And I forget totally what your question was because I'm like, oh, the seat at the table. <laughs> yeah, what I wanted to Yeah, how did this come about? So, you know, yes, we, how did it come about? Yeah, how did yeah. it come about? You know, disability has been a way of life personally, but professionally. I worked for my congressman in DC. I worked for a hospital. I worked for a TV station. I owned a communications firm for 30 years, all based on healthcare and disability. And so finally, I'm like, all right, I'm going to retire. Well, it really didn't last long. Uh, <laughs> my boys are graduating um, high school and going into college. And in the beginning, we tried the traveling you know, part. We, we did the Disney thing, but Disney has only two uh, tie downs on their vans, on their buses. And there are three of us. So my husband and I had to fight and conquer. Well, when you have a small child and you're going into Disney World, you know, he might be waiting a while, you know, for that party to come. And it wasn't ideal. So, so it's like, let me just interrupt. So both your boys are in chairs. Oh, my, bo- both my boys have muscular dystrophy. Yes. Right. Um, and yourself. They, yeah. And I, I, I do. The boys, yeah. um, Nathan is finishing up his PhD um, and is still mobile. We use wheelchairs. The boys use wheelchairs on, uh, and so not daily use wheelchairs. Okay. So when we were at Disney, they had their chairs. Um, because there was a lot of walking and that's yeah. something they could do. So when, uh, so yes, I have two boys with muscular dystrophy. It's so interesting because I just think of my boys going, oh my gosh, Nathan is finishing up his PhD. He's doing these really cool things. Alexander just graduated from college. I don't think about their disability. Yes, uh, of course not. Just, like, but right. when we're talking about how this started, right. you know, so we're talking about patient. a family of four and three of them are in wheelchairs. Yes. You so know, I thought we were really special. You know, we are, but not in that way. And so, <laughs> but I wanted my boys to have vacation. So ultimately, we we built a, a, a family vacation home about three hours from where I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is Carolina Beach. And then we created, it's a three-story unit with a second floor that's devoted to short-term rental. And so I am turning 60 at this particular time. And I go, okay, I want one more, one more hurrah in my career. What is it? It's like, what what brings you joy? What brings you happiness? It's like my renters. I love my renters. And my renters are 95% families with a family member having a disability. And I get to experience these aha moments for the families, that they get to be families. They get to have memories like we all want to have memories because they have a place that they can travel. And we've had over 400 families in our short-term rental in the last eight years. And it's like, this is crazy that my families are traveling two and a half days just to get to our property, or they've waited 28 years to find a property like this. I mean, it, it you know, it's just mind boggling. We've got to change this. And it's like, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to get into the short-term rental industry to share information and to educate so that this impact can happen to families all over the United States. And so my idea was a TV show. 
So yes, we've pivoted along the way, two and a half years. And, but owning a communications firm, it's like television was a part of our experience. And it's like, okay, that's how we can reach the masses. Mm. It's like, okay, we're going to do that. I called some friends. I called a producer. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we start the research. It's like, we've got to have validation first that what our thoughts are, are actually what the needs are. So we did a survey and we ended up working with some national groups, muscular dystrophy, Easter Seals, United Cerebral Palsy, groups where their population that they serve could benefit from an accessible Mm -hmm. short-term rental. And that's when we found out, wait a minute, it's not just about us in wheelchairs. It's about other people with different kinds of disabilities. You know, walkers, that's a tough one because we promote, you know, accessible properties and somebody in a wheelchair goes, wait a minute, question this morning from somebody, why are you calling that an accessible property? There's not a grab rail behind the toilet. And I'm like, you know what? It's all about choices. And for me, having a Hoyer list, I don't need that grab rail. And so I wouldn't look for a property with that Hmm. that rail. But my son, he needs that grab rail to push himself off to stand up. And Mm -hmm. so he would need that. And so as we look at accessibilities, we look at what are our choices so that we can find a property that meets our needs. And um, so then we're going, okay, the TV show may not work, but we need to start looking at properties and education. And that's how we've pivoted a lot of times as entrepreneurs um, to create what um, is meeting the needs of our customers. And that is people with disabilities in the mobility area, which is our walkers, crutches, and canes, and wheelchairs. We have our cognitive community, which is the Alzheimer's, the dementia, the anxiety, our um, um, autism, and then our vision and hearing. And then lastly, we focus on our aging because they take it all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of this and a little bit of that, and voila, they have what they need. And so that's how we got started. So yeah. um, no, it's an incredible journey and it's only been a few years and <laughs> I'm I'm so astounded by what you've created already. So it's a you know, becoming rentable, you've got the education, but it's also a listing site for people to go on to look for an accessible home for them to stay in. Exactly. And and the reason that we're a listing platform is in our opinion. We haven't found anybody that does this right yet, except us. We have 43 filters so that if your um, family member has autism, you can identify what features you need in that property. It's a laborious process looking for a property that meets your needs because there aren't those choices. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a booking platform uh, and a booking direct, you know, property A, has no information about their accessibility, or they say, we have an elevator or we're wheelchair accessible. But what does that mean? So you go and you look at 20 properties and 30 properties, then you go to another platform and you look, and then you go somewhere else. And so we have 111 uh, platforms on our website so that you don't have to toggle between this site and this site and this site. And if you're an individual property and that you're not listed um, on a traditional a platform, you can post your property if it's accessible and goes through our certification on our platform so that it really is an incredible service that it's kind of like this one-stop shop 
for finding. And we're only specific to accessibility. That's another distinguishing element of who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, We are not looking at properties that are yurts or boats or, you know, different, you know, one story. We're looking for property that will meet the needs of an underserved market and our underserved market, right? the disability community. Yes. Yes. And I love what you say about it's about choices. It depends on what your needs are and what you would like in that property. And I love all those filters that you can then narrow it down. I think that is great. What are the OTAs? What is Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo doing in this space? You know, it's interesting. I start when we started our business, I was actually Airbnb reached out to me. They our property was listed on their site and in a very, I mean, accessible property. And they said, hey, we would love to promote your property and what you're doing and how can we work together? They bought a company out of London called Accommodable. And so Mm -hmm. they were the first booking platform specific to wheelchair accessibility and London. And, And so that team started working with them, but then Airbnb changed their filters to like, they went down, they were at 24, then they went to seven and now they're at 13, but they're very broad. It's like accessible door. Well, what does that mean? You know, we're looking for a descriptive filter It's a 32-inch door. It's a 36-inch door. It is a hard surface driveway. It's very detailed of what it means. So Airbnb Mm -hmm. has the most filters, but you still, but it's still a laborious process. Um, Other booking platforms have minimal. It's wheelchair accessible. It's an elevator. Um, I'm happy to say we are working with Expedia and, and looking forward to expanding what they're doing in the short-term rental industry. We are slowly working with property managers and and OTAs in understanding. It was interesting. I was at a conference in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, and it was targeted Mm -hmm. to property managers. And so me being the shy person that I went to, I understood what the colors of um, their lanyards were. And if you had a blue lanyard, then you were a property manager. So I would wheel up to them and say, hi, here's who I am. Talk to me about your accessibility um, in on your, mm. your form. What do you have? And it's like, nothing, why? And I said, well, have you thought about, you know, featuring or bringing out that you have a hard service driveway? No. And um, so I'd go through the questions and they're like, uh, I'll have you talk to somebody else, you know? And then I found yeah. out. The biggest question was legal. People were afraid to have these filters because they were going to be sued because they did not meet ADA qualifications. Now, we're in the process of doing a very extensive piece on the ADA. But bottom line, the ADA has minimal areas for the short-term rental industry. And what does the ADA stand for? Americans with Disabilities Act. It was created okay. two years ago. It was mm-hmm. its guidelines um, um, for state and federal agencies um, in accommodating for our disability community. Now, in the lodging area, we see ADA applying to hotels because um, of the number of rooms that they have 
versus mm-hmm. in the short-term rental industry, it's it, it only applies if you have six units or more. So again, if oh, you okay. are a property owner like me, we have two different properties. They're not in the same geographic area. It doesn't apply to me. The only thing that really applies to somebody that has a short-term rental is a service dog. And the service dog is written into the law that says it is a working animal trained mm-hmm. and working animal. Now, if you are you have a uh, emotional support dog, that is not trained. Therefore, you don't have to allow that animal on your property. But because it's a trained working animal, you do in the short-term rental. If somebody says, I want to bring my service dog, you have to allow that by law. So that's the only way that it it applies. And so it was really an eye-opener going to this conference and hearing what the greatest fear was. And I'm like, you're afraid of the ADA? No, (laughs) it's a lack of information. Again, it's that's what our job is. Our job is to share that if you have one step, you can have an accessible property because it could be you're a walker-friendly property. Because a walker, somebody with a walker, can commonly get that one step. Right. Five, maybe not so much. So we have a free uh, quiz on our website. So you can take the quiz as many times as you want for as many properties as you want that ask you questions to qualify you to, if you have an accessible mobility property. And so well, we encourage great. people to take that quiz. Yeah. And well, then I'll put that link in the show notes. Yes. I think please, that would do. that would be really great. And I, I would love to get into this because I think when we're thinking about accessibility, we automatically think, or at least I do, mobility issues, yes. wheelchairs. Yes. You know, and my rental is in Liverpool, England. It's a boat. It is definitely not wheelchair accessible. And so I've never thought about other disabilities. But I've got, I've had kids with autism come and with their families. But so, of course, you know, this is an amazing experience for them to be on the water and, and whatnot. And I had a, somebody email me the other day saying that if two children, both with autism and they both have support animals, can they come? Yes. You know, I wrote them back and I said, all children are welcome and all pets are welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just the way it is on our boat. So, you know, I'm looking forward to 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 hosting them because it's just, yeah, it's just, I guess it's a, they feel it's a safe space. So I'd love to get into that more with you about the broader scope of accessibility beyond wheelchair. So autism is a great example. Our whole, we will be rolling out our cognitive certification um, efforts in November, just next month. And what right now, the area of autism and cognitive disabilities is not an area that the short-term rental industry has included. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of education to do. And the great thing about um, the work that we're doing in the, in the cognitive area, it's not a seen disability. So physically, you can see the wheelchair, the walker, the crutches. Um, but with a cognitive issue, you're going, okay, what do I need? So there's a lot of room for education. And it's not about tearing down walls. It's not always about how much it's going to cost to make something accessible. For example, um, it, it can be in regard to sense. 
when you have, as in not like dollars and cents, but smelling odor scents. Right. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm from North Carolina, so sometimes I have a draw. I try not to have that Southern draw. And people listen to me, but it's like, do you have an odor-free laundry detergent? You know, Mm -hmm. put that in your description because that's really important. Do you have a 400 count thread count on your linens? Because texture is something that's very important to a lot of people on the spectrum. Do you have a TV that is anchored to the wall? Because again, um, for safety reasons for most of your renters, but particularly with kids with autism, we'll use the TV as a tool to calm them. Um, So we look at that. We look at color hues. You know, some uh, softer colors are easier for some people on the spectrum to process. We look at um, lighting. You know, is there a space that you have dimmers or that somebody that can go to and relax and and feel calm? Um, So there's a lot of information about what triggers um, somebody with dementia and Alzheimer's and um, somebody with an intellectual disability or autism. And again, it's getting the information out, including it in your description. Um, mm-hmm. so people can know. For us, it's it because it's not visual, we will have a pledge. So when people are certified that they have blackout curtains, they don't have a lot of tchotchkes around. Um, and they look at, you know, what equals an autism or cognitive friendly property, they will have to take a pledge to say, yes, we do lock our chemicals. Yes, we do not use scented, you know, detergent. Um, and these things are true. That's that's part of the challenge that that some people who've wanted to get into the space have it because they don't know how to go about it. And, and with autism and the whole cognitive area, we've been reaching out and talking to experts globally of what this means. I know the mobility side, you know, personally, professionally yeah. got it, but, but not so much the cognitive. So this is a really, this is changing. This is changing our industry and it's going to be changing families' lives instrumentally. And that's why it's so important to go, wow, you know, this is all it takes is putting a dimmer here, an extra lock. It's $5. People are like, why yeah. do you need extra lock? Well, people with cognitive issues sometimes are roamers. And yeah. so you have a secondary lock. It can be a chain lock. It can be a, a slide lock that's at the five-foot mark. They unlock the first lock, and it's all of a sudden you hear this noise going, Oop, Lorraine, nope, this is not the time. We're going to go outside. We'll go outside later. Yeah. But right now we're staying inside. And so there are those little things like that that can make a huge difference in reaching families who have struggled and being able to take a vacation. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love everything you're talking about. And I know that I I told you this previously, but my father has been diagnosed with dementia. And it's one of the reasons that I have moved home to Canada to be with my my parents and to help. I also have a crazy daughter, so it's <laughs> energetic, nutty seven-year-old. So it's good for her to to have to be with her grandparents as well. But you know, I'm looking at our future too. And my dad is a retired um, hotel manager, so travels in his blood and hospitality. And it, there's going to be the time where we're not going to be able to take him anywhere, which is really sad. 
So to know that there would be people out there that would be, you know, creating their vacation rental, their short-term rental in a way that would be safe for us to take him, it just fills my heart, you know, like that is just amazing. But I don't want anybody who's listening to this go, oh my gosh, there's just so much to take in because it's again about choices. It's again about what you and your property um, can offer different types of people. You don't have to go. It's like sustainability. You don't have to go across the board right away and do everything. You no. know, it's start with what, you know, is. And I think your quiz sounds like the perfect place to actually start there, the starting point. But is there anything else you can tell to people who are listening to this and going, okay, my eyes are open. This is amazing. I need to do more. What should they start with? They should start with going to our website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it kind of We have a plethora of information. And, and you're absolutely right, though. It's not about, you know, having it all because not you don't need it all. You just need to share what you do have so that the proper, the people that are looking for a short-term rental can go, oh, this is exactly what I need. And they mm-hmm. see it, they read it, and they and they see it with photographs. You know, and when you're taking pictures, remember, some of us in wheelchairs, we want to know what's on the floor. You know, so it's not just about the waste of photographs. And that's a change that you can make that costs nothing. Putting words in your description that are descriptive that identify all of these different types of amenities. You know, one of my favorite amenities that people go on real is if you have a blender, say that you have a blender. It's like, it's not always about daiquiris and, and margaritas, but for people who are have new dentures, uh, people who use a feeding tube, it's that one less thing that, that, that renter has to bring. And, you know, with a young child, you bring so much stuff. Mm. Your car is just totally packed. So if you have a closet, we call it an able closet that you can put a hundred dollar plastic shower chair in that it's not out all the time and you have it in your description, then you can make it available. Um, a small ramp, you know, it's like, well, I have two steps. I guess I'm not accessible. It's like, well, why aren't you? You can go buy a hundred and twenty dollar ramp, you know, mm-hmm. it's gonna be one day of rent out of 360 days that you've just recouped your money because yeah. you've got more people. You're broadening your audience. And speaking of numbers, you know, in the United States, and that's where we're focused. And, and actually, we have our first property in Canada. And yes, so I need to go Canada, you know, come, come, and come to becoming rentable. But, you know, in the United States, we have over like 2.3 million short-term rental properties that we know of. And of those, 0.04% is accessible. That's 1,300. Wow. 1,300. If you amortize that among 50 states, there are some states that only have a few properties, but it covers a whole state. You know, even Florida, we have less than 100 properties. I had somebody reach out to me and they were, let's say they wanted to go to Fort Myers and they were like, there's no properties in Fort Myers. You know, how can that be? And it's like, because people aren't thinking about you know, these features that they already have. Yes, yes, we have counter lightings. Yes, we have a blender. But those are aspects of people who are visually impaired. Somebody that is deaf, they need that extra lighting so they can read lips or they're not blind, but they 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 need that light so they can use a magnifying glass to to read 
you know, what's on, you know, how to microwave that lasagna or whatever they're going to do. <laughs> well, that's, that's right. And when we think about, you know, the direct booking side of these things and the property manager and the uh, the owner operator, you know, this is a niche that is out there that is, you know, so many people who are wanting these accessible properties and yeah, like you said, go, starting with what you've already got and looking into what you could do to enhance it and telling people, but the OTAs aren't on this, you know, from what you've, from what you've said. And it's another way to stand out for property managers, for them to stand out in a sea of accommodation. And it's another niche, you know, a very, very important one. That, well, it is important, but yeah. you know what? It's good business. There's $658 billion in the United States alone that is not being spent on travel. I mean, 600. And I tell you, my biggest tip for all your listeners is if you <laughs> want to get into this rental industry or you're already in it, you want to have a bigger portfolio, have an accessible short-term rental property near a hospital because it's a huge, huge need. Two states have already said they would name a road after me if we could get short-term accessible properties near hospitals because they're just not there. And it's just um, emotionally very hard on families, you know, particularly after a procedure or before an early morning doctor's visit and they're traveling six hours away to get there. Everybody's exhausted and tired and they're not going to have the best experience And so, I mean, there are needs all over the places. Um, I was invited to speak um, at a conference and I looked at their their properties and there were no accessible short-term rentals. I am doing the presentation virtually, which is fine and great, but it's interesting, you know, as we look at big cities and small towns, you know, you want to go to those weddings and funerals and bar mitzvahs and all the things that that add to our our whole life experience. Uh, but we just need these five things in accessible rental, but we can't find them because people right. aren't showing them and telling them about it. Mm-hmm. And I guess there are hotels, you know, there are mm-hmm. hotels and I guess they they must be ahead of ahead of short term rentals, are they? And what they're doing for accessibility? Well, you know what? Yes and no. And, and the reason being is a hotel A may have only so many rooms that are designated for accessibility. Commonly, again, the needs are different. It, it, hotels aren't always a great source for people with cognitive issues, particularly our families with autism. Um, but from a mobility standpoint, um, there are a lot of platform beds. I happen to use a Hoyer lift. So my Hoyer lift has to roll underneath the, a bed and a lot of hotels. I can't do that. They say they have a roll-in shower, but there's a three-inch, four-inch, five-inch lip, a step-in. That's not going to work for me because we've got to roll me in or roll away your lift in to take a shower. So again, those little those little things become obsolete in staying at a hotel. And yeah. so, I you know the the short-term rental does provide just another opportunity for those of us who have different needs to be able to travel. There's a place for hotels without a doubt. And may, in, in fact, the hotel industry is, the numbers are showing that hotel industry is getting into the short-term rental industry because okay. the increase in short-term rental is far exceeding what we're seeing in the hotel world. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, everyone listening to this, this is a way that you can really stand out. It's a way that you can, by going through going through uh, Lorraine's quiz and finding out what you're doing and making sure that you're sharing that information so that those with all different disabilities or needs can then see themselves at your place and decide if that is the right fit for them. It it really sounds like a, a win-win. And I love your idea of, you know, being near a hospital too, because of course, you know, you need accommodation for families and those traveling for for appointments. And I think that there's places like Ronald McDonald House, but those aren't always available, you know? Well, and, and and you know, so A, it's good business. B, it feels really good to make a difference. In an area that I didn't think about until recently, I was contacted with one of our our, our properties and um, father was diagnosed with a cancer. They anticipated four months for him to live. The family had a small house. They didn't have a place to put the hospital bed. Hospice said we have to have a hospital bed. So they reached out to me and said, can we bring a hospital bed? And I'm like, why? And I said, we have two. And it's like, you do? And I said, yeah, we have two hospital beds and we have the roll-in shower and we have the shower chair. And they're like, oh my gosh. So they ended up renting from us, not having to bring a thing except their clothes and their food and their dog. And mm-hmm. so the family spent the next 14 days loving on Don, the dad who passed away. So they would have spent those 14 days. He didn't live for four months. It was just 14 days. Um, on getting their house ready, and then he would have passed away. And so what a gift to be able to give this family. And in fact, the family was so appreciative. I'm leaning over to get a piece of artwork that they sent me and a thank you note about how much it meant to them. And it's like, you know, yes, we're in this to make money and and to and that's the bottom line, but there's another aspect of what we're doing. Um, and an important one. And it changed this family's life. And I'm so proud that we were able to provide that for the family. And a lot of us can do that. So there's also the feel good about it, knowing that what you're doing is needed and is important. And I'm glad you're being recognized for all the good you are doing in the world. And a little birdie told me that you've just been given an award. Yes, we are so thrilled and honored to accept the DEI Impact Award from the Vacation Rental Management International Association for our industry in the short-term rental. So we're just surprised, shocked, thrilled, and and affirmed that what we're Mm. doing is needed and important, and and now it's been recognized. So thank you, VRMA. Yeah, that's amazing. Just one more question about becoming rentable. I know that you're focused in the States because that's where you are. We've got a property in Canada. Are you looking to go worldwide? (laughs) We're not looking, but we are going to. You know, from the very beginning, I would get calls like from Australia, from Italy, you know, Germany, Sweden, the Netherlands, going, we need you. And it's like, wait a minute, you all do this better than we do in the United States. It's like, but no, 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 we need this source. We need this information we need. So we have been fortunate to be working with Expedia and the Verbo team, and we'll be doing some educational work with them this next year. And um, we are now in North America, thanks to Canada. 
Um, <laughs> and we'll be going global next year. So Brilliant. we're really excited about that. Oh, and that's so about, amazing. Yeah. And the whole Book Direct community, too. We're excited because, you know, this is an area that hasn't been recognized in, in how these how we all can increase inventory and bookings and fill those calendars. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game these days, but it's not just filling calendars, but it's filling memories uh, and experiences. And, and that's, that's a great thing. It is a great thing. So can I ask you, what does direct booking success mean to you? It means providing these life experiences, increasing the um, employment opportunities for people with disabilities who have to travel and haven't thought about that career because of travel um, is only met commonly in hotels. It is providing, again, these life experiences. This is something that can't be done by one area, but together is when we're going to create the social change. And it's by having the book direct and our platform bookings and our whole industry to get behind this so we can see a global social change. And, and the only way we're going to do it is by, by working together. Well, thank you, Lorraine. Thank you so much for coming on the Direct Booking Success podcast. I'm going to put the link to your website, which is becomingrentable.com. And I'll put a link to the the amazing quiz on there as well. Is there anywhere else that our listeners can connect with you? They can connect. We're on we're on Facebook and LinkedIn and TikTok and <laughs> all the social media. So just, you know, look us up, follow us. Oh my gosh, we need followers. You know, that's a big deal these days. I'm like, all right, come come talk to us. You know, send me an email. And we're, we really are looking about how we can work together and make a change. So I hope people will reach out. Thanks, Lorraine. Thank you so much for coming on. All right, thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website, directbookingsuccess.com slash podcast. See you next time.